listening to WVNG Ed Talks, a simple discussion about sometimes complex military education benefits. I'm Dr. Sherry Schaefer, Education Services Officer for the West Virginia National Guard. Today, I'm excited to have with me a special guest from West Virginia University, Mr. Jeffrey Shears, who serves as a VA representative, otherwise known as your school certifying official. Welcome to Ed Talks. Thank you, Dr. Schaefer, for having me. So glad that you're here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came into your current role at WVU. Uh, So I actually have retired from the West Virginia National Guard. Um, I used my GI Bill benefits when I was a student here. And uh, I happened to be on deployments um, and looking for jobs. And I was actually living out of West Virginia at the time. I looked at WVU to see what they had. And they just happened to have a posting for a school certified official for GI Bill benefits. I applied for it and was lucky enough to get it. So it's sort of like coming home for you then? It is, yes. Well, that's really cool. That's something I didn't know. So, you know, we have a large number of our West Virginia Guardsmen who utilize GI Bill, much like you said yourself, along with veterans and dependents. In fact, data from fiscal year 2021 shows something like $2,903,000 utilized in West Virginia, and I think that is absolutely incredible we know that those that qualify for the Chapter 1606, 30, or 33 must apply for the benefit first through the VA, starting at va.gov. Once that process is complete, though, then what happens? That's kind of what we want to get at. At what point do you, as the certifying official at your school, get involved? Sure. So after they apply at va.gov, um, they will receive either in the mail or via email now, uh, what's called a Certificate of Eligibility or sometimes referred to as a COE. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> once they get that, then they will need to send that to their school. Um, every school that is uh, GI Bill benefit recipients will have a SCO or a VA rep, um, either in their own department or sometimes they are merged in with their student account. Um, But once they get that COE, they will need to send that to that individual or to that office. Um, Now, every school has a different process of what comes after that. Um, For us here at WVU, uh, the only two things that we would need is your your COE. And we also require, and this is required by the VA, uh, to have a information sheet on you. Uh, We call it our intake agreement form. Um, And once we have those two things, uh, then we're able to start um, doing your VA benefits. So is it a good idea to kind of go and meet your certifying official at your school prior to submitting the application? I think it is only for really the reason um, to answer any questions that you may have uh, prior to the application process. Sometimes um, what we get, uh, the questions come from the parents um, and the student doesn't really understand their benefits because of that. Um, So it's always good for the student, I think, to meet with their VA rep to kind of get a feel for how the process works. Um, and, you know, they may come up with questions that their parents might not come up with. Right. So how often should a student that's utilizing the GI Bill, and I guess this could be a dependent as well, I suppose, because some of our service members have transferred their Chapter 33 Forever GI Bill to their dependents, how often should they be in contact with a VA rep such as yourself? It's not just a one and done, is it? No, it's not. And that depends also on the school, again, and their processes. Um, for us here at WVU, we ask that, you know, a student would contact us if they add or drop a class, um, 
if they change their major, uh, if they're unsure of how many um, months remaining of their benefits they have. I know when I went to school here, the process was a lot different. Um, I had to meet with my certifying official a lot more than students do now. Um, so it really just depends on the school. I would at least like to hear from the students at least once a semester, um, just as a as a say hello. And I try to contact them once a semester too, just to give them an update on um, things that might be coming their way. Well, I know when in our office, when we are counseling our service members, we tell them, go and meet the VA representative, get to know where they are, who they are, kind of, I would say, put them in your back pocket, so to speak, so that you have that liaison to work for you. So, right. Um, and that was, that's one of the other things, too, is we do have students, and um, I, I believe this is across the nation, too, in other schools, that they don't know where their um, their SEO, where their office is, or, you know, what they look like, or they've only exchanged maybe an email once or twice, and that's been about it. So, you know, it, it really is beneficial for students to go and actually see where they're at and meet their, their SEO at least once. Yep. So what are the common hiccups that you see on your end or those roadblocks that tend to gum up the works and slow down or prevent someone from receiving their GI Bill benefit? I think the major thing is really just the application process um, for them when they apply through the VA because uh, they will apply late and that's okay if they do um, because we can always go and uh, backdate their certification once they receive their COE. But I think the application process for them because they're they're doing it in such a late um, late uh, that really kind of throws the hiccup in into their certification. So when do you recommend then that they should start the application process? So let's say we're we're looking at the fall term coming up. What's a good time frame? So they should apply um, as early as possible. Um, if you're going to start in the fall semester, really you should start looking at May June applying for your VA benefits. And the reason for that is because the VA takes about 30 to 45 days to make a determination if you're going to be GI Bill eligible uh, to receive those benefits. And really kind of comes down to also, for example, Chapter 33. So with Chapter 33, you know, you could be 100% benefit level. And that means that your tuition and fees are going to be paid for at the, at the college. Um, but if you wait, too long, then you're going to have to pay for that money up front. Gotcha. Um, but with that also, we're able to go back and backdate the certifications um, for the VA. So you may have to pay out of pocket up front, but you'll get that money returned back to you. So that's a little bit of uh, good advice there. Is there any other best advice you wish students utilizing the GI Bill knew or followed through on? Any other tips that just you might they, have? Just yeah, just stay in contact with your, your SEO. Um, and, you know, like I said, the processes could change um, from school to school. And just so you're aware of, you know, those changes that are coming up. Well, and as we know, the benefits change themselves from time to time, too. They do, yes. And actually, they're getting ready to change again um, here in the fall uh, as of August 1st. Uh, for some benefit holders, Chapter 35, which is the um, DEA benefit, that's, there's some changes coming for that. And we recently, just this past this past fall, uh, had changes to Chapter 33, where all of our out-of-state students um, for the VA now will get an in-state rate. So we had to walk through that, and that kind of created some 
confusion and hiccups uh, with that, that new process. So as we said, the starting point is, of course, the VA.gov. A good resource is also our Education Services Office in Charleston. Can you think of any other source of information on VA benefits for our soldiers and airmen? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, every school should have a veterans webpage or some kind of webpage that will uh, detail their uh, GI Bill benefits. Uh, for us here at WVU, our web address is veterans.wvu.edu, and it has a, uh, a lot of information that we try to put out there to give the veterans um, and their, their service members and their family members um, information on the uh, GI Bill benefits. Gotcha. So where can they meet with you on your campus at WVA if, or WVU? Sorry, I've got VA in my head. WVU, <laughs> if they if they want to come and meet you in person, where do they go? Sure. Our office is located uh, in the mountain layer on the second floor, uh, room 214. Um, there are some signage uh, that directs you our way. Um, we're also known as the Mountaineer Bunker. Uh, our official title is Center for Veterans, uh, Military, and Family Programs. Um, and we are open Monday through Friday, 8.15 to 4.45. We just call it the bunker, right? <laughs> we just call it the bunker, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeffrey Shears, thank you so much for being with me on Ed Talks and discussing the ins and outs of the VA representative's role. Understanding the process and who to work with, we hope, will ultimately make utilization of GI Bill funds much more streamlined. Join us next time on WVNG Ed Talks when we will discuss testing options. To test or not to test, that will be the question. WVNG Ed Talks, tune in, turn it up, and join the conversation.